Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast. You gotta light them up before they burn it down. This episode of the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast brought to you by our friends at the United States Concealed Carry Association. The USCCA is about something bigger than just the right to bear arms. It's a resource to help you be ready for the before, during, and after of a self-defense incident. If you're not one of the 500,000 plus responsibly armed Americans who are proud USCCA members, then now is the time to explore USCCA membership. Click learn more below right now to learn about life-saving education, industry-leading training, and self-defense liability insurance. Trust me, you don't want to wait until it's too late for this. Plus, it's 100% risk-free with the USCCA's money-back bulletproof guarantee. Guys and gals, the USCCA exists to help you avoid danger and keep your loved ones safe. Make the commitment today to responsibly protect yourself and your family. Join the United States Concealed Carry Association right now for instant access to industry-leading educational resources, expert-led training, and self-defense liability insurance. Get the peace of mind that you deserve. Click Learn More to activate your membership today. And remember, the USCCA is not an insurance company. A policy has been issued to the USCCA by Universal Fire and Casualty Insurance Company. That policy provides the association and its members with self-defense liability insurance subject to its terms, conditions, limitations, and exclusion. And another great thing you get with membership to the United States Concealed Carry Association is their bi-monthly concealed carry magazine. And let me tell you, there's a lot of great information in here. I enjoy reading this magazine. This is the November to December episode, and it's Guns in the Media. And it also has a lot of great tips for the right type of concealed carry weapons that are out there. So please consider joining the United States Concealed Carry Association. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Steadfast and Law Podcast. And as you know, one of the things that we started here at the Steadfast and Law Podcast is the Black Robe Regiment Tomahawk. And you can see it right here. And it's based upon the scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 through 5, where preachers are encouraged to preach the word in season and out, that we don't need these false prophets that are out there with the false narratives. And what we do, David Stortz out of Wichita, Kansas, designed this incredible tomahawk. And of course, the pastor that receives it gets his name here, Black Robe Regiment there. And what our goal is every month, based upon your nominations and that you submit to 
Tomahawk at abwshow.com, Tomahawk at abwshow.com. We choose a couple of individuals, and one of the very first individuals that received a steadfast and loyal Tomahawk is my dear friend Doug Giles. I've known Doug going back to the days in Florida, and, of course, both of us have you know, uh, relocated here in Texas for quite a few years now. And Doug is exactly that type of preacher. He's that type of minister that stands up on the Word of God, unabashedly so. And and he does it with no shame, no, you know, forethought of what the consequences will be for him speaking biblical truth. And Doug has a new book out, and it's called The Wild Man Devotional, 50-Day Devotional for Men that women will love. And so we thought it'd be pretty cool in this season of gift giving to be with Doug Giles and talk to him about the wild man devotional. Doug, thanks for rejoining us here at the Steadfast and Law podcast. Alan, thanks for having me on, big dog. Let's talk about the wild man devotional because, as you said, this is about being biblical wild men and not mild men. And I think that we have so many people that have watered down the Word of God, and many of them are coming from the pulpit. So tell us about the wild man devotional. Yeah, as, as you and I have talked for you know the last 20 years, <clears throat> the church has become anemic, and um, it's, almost, it's almost sad to beat up on it. It's, it's so pathetic. And um, my whole job, my gift, the thing that I do 24-7, 365, is try to exhort uh, uh, pastors in particular uh, to, to stand up, <clears throat> declare the, uh, the biblical worldview with moxie, uh, go into that pulpit, go into the, the phrase in the church and in culture and politics with cojones. And um, that's, to me, that's the only option, that's the only salvo for the church and for our nation is for pastors uh, who have uh, tomatoes, huevos, uh, balls, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> to get out there and declare, thus saith the Lord, and not be a puppet, but instead be a prophet. You know, it's interesting because you always hear that, you know, you Christian nationalists, you should not be involved in politics. But I just recently saw, you know, back from my hometown, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, Creflo Dollar, a minister who was there in the pulpit, and he looked down upon Stacey Abrams and proclaimed her to be the next governor of Georgia. Or you've seen this group of about 10 to 15 black pastors that are surrounding Raphael Warnock. And when you look at some of the things that this guy stands for, it, it certainly ain't biblical truth. So why is it that the other side... You know, they have no problem standing up and professing things out of pulpit. But our pastors, you know, quote unquote, conservative Christians, for whatever reason, they have this reticence to do so. Yeah, it's, it, it's got to be the 501c3s got them cowed a little bit, even though, uh, like you said, on the other side of the aisle, they have no problems whatsoever uh, endorsing Barack Obama or Stacey mm -hmm. Abram or Raphael Warnock. I know a guy, Alan, uh, that pastors a conservative church in this neck of the woods that has his picture with him with his arm around Raphael Warnock and on Instagram the capture underneath it says this man is a class act everybody should get to know him that man <laughs> that man is so unbiblical in his stances and in his politics in regards to the right to life uh, you can murder babies right up until yes. the time that they're born pro-gay marriage pro-LGBTQ you show me one place in the scripture where the, the modern, not you in particular, Alan, but anybody, anywhere, at any time, show me one place in the scripture where the postmodern Marxist movement 
is is augmented uh, and and has the biblical infrastructure. And I'll eat a tube sock because it is so anti-Christian. It is yeah. so anti-theistic. And there there you got, you know, these goofy, stupid pastors, you know, just completely ogling, you know, these politicians. And they think that that's some kind of some kind of uh, accomplishment so that they can be around politicians. Pastors, teachers, prophets, we should scare the shiitake mushrooms out of politicians. Uh, Alan, I'm doing a book right now on John the Baptist, and uh, John the Baptist did not play games. And his predecessor, who he was likened to by Jesus, uh, Elijah, didn't play games either. And their call was predominantly to rebuke the church, rebuke wayward Israel. Uh, John the Baptist uh, rebuked, you know, those who the Pharisees and the Sadducees and wake up. You know, the sleeping people that have been under the tutelage of those two stupid groups for the last two centuries. And their their uh, call was also like if you were King Herod and you're committing adultery and you're oppressing Israel, you're going to get rebuked. And mm-hmm. if you're Ahab or Jezebel and uh, and you're you're ruining Israel, guess what? Elijah's job is to rebuke you. And pastors don't see themselves like that anymore. It's like, oh, we're just going to be their friends and we're just going to pray for our leaders. And uh, we don't have that kind of serrated edge in regards to uh, what comes across the pulpit nowadays. But they had it. The, they had it the, uh, at the kickstart of this great experiment, self-governance. And politicians used to come to the church and listen to what the pastors were teaching and preaching. Then they would create their their policies and stuff to make certain that it aligned with the Word of God. That <laughs> that bird has done flown. Uh, left the mm-hmm. left the nest, man. We don't do that anymore. We we preach little Oprah-like sermons for little Christianettes. We give them little sermonettes, and that's why the culture sucks, and that's why there's so much corruption inside the Beltway. You know when you know in the conversation that we're having, of course, the leftists will look at this episode and say, you know, we're promoting a theocracy, and we are trying to you know not understand that you know faith and religion has no part in government and you guys are supposed to be subject to government as it says in Romans uh, chapter 13 but we're not supposed to conform to these things and it's not supposed to be happening in the church they're supposed to stand up on what they're supposedly uh, called to preach so now you see the left because they always the cultural Marxism is that you have to demonize and denigrate your opposition now they're coming up with this term Christian nationalism should we be concerned about this or should we push right through this labeling that they're trying to uh, impart upon us? Yeah, all the scary labels. <clears throat> I'll take Christian nationalism. You know why? Because I really love the United States of America. I love the Constitution. I love the Bill of Rights. I love the Declaration of Independence. And if that makes me a nationalist, so be it. And in regards to the, the Christian moniker, uh, I'll take that also because mm-hmm. I believe that uh, Jesus is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's my sacrificial uh, Savior. He's imputed His righteousness to me. So, if, you know, in the realm of those two scary words, I'll take it, man. Because what's the mm-hmm. alternative? An anti-American Marxist, because that's that seems like what they're cheerleading for. And uh, mm-hmm. you know what? When when they try to cow people with racist, sexist, homophobic, you know, Christian nationalist, blah 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 blah, you know, ad nauseum, ad infinitum, uh, Alan, that's that's where the Christians should just tell them to go pound sand. They shouldn't be cowed by these uh, labels. But everybody's terrified that they're going to get canceled. Everybody's terrified of the woke crowd. 
And uh, Jesus said, if you're a coward, if you're ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and perverted generation, then guess what, little pastor? I'm going to be ashamed of you when you rock up to the judgment seat. And I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you agree with me, Alan. Yes. Uh, I'm concerned about being canceled by the Lord mm-hmm. than canceled by frickin' Facebook or Google or any other, you know, goofy organizations. Because this life, poof, it's a vapor, man. And we're going to we're going to uh, we're going to collide with Christ, the ultimate judgment. And I don't want to fail that test, you know, by yeah. the, because I was uh, yeah. because I was chicken because I might lose my 501c3. You know, Jesus will look at that kind of stuff and he'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. I yeah. don't know any kind of uh, uh, preacher like that that is that fearful and that afraid. I'm sorry, but I'm going to hit the down button on the elevator and have a nice eternity. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. That's the power that we supposedly have. But for whatever reason, we are abdicating that to the world. So getting back to this 50-day devotional for men, when a person picks up this devotional, at the end of the 50 days, what has transformed within them? Yeah, they're definitely going to have an attitude, and um, and if uh, if they went through it properly, and I don't, this first devotional I've ever written. I'm not a big you know devotional type writer, but I, I really wanted the the reader to to take each day, each entry, and just read one a day and meditate, chew, uh, just digest it, get it into your bloodstream, because it'll change it'll change uh, your view of. First of all, how rich you are in Christ. You know, most people think oh, I'm just a poor sinner, you know, barely getting by. Thank God there's 24 hours in the day. If there had been a 25th, I wouldn't have made it. No, that's that's wrong. Uh, you are you are incredibly rich in Christ. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking spiritually. But even though there is financial prosperity, uh, you, you are seated in the heavenly places with him right now, even though you might be stuck in a traffic light in Dallas. Uh, you have all authority. Uh, given to you. Christ has given it to us. I mean, we're stupid wealthy. And so the first third of uh, the book, Alan, is just drumming it over and over in the believer's mind to believe, actually believe what Christ says that their current local condition is in the heavenly uh, places with spiritual authority. We have weapons and armor to wax the powers of darkness. Jesus said you could speak to mountains and you can move them. Now, how many how many uh, how many uh, preachers and, and Christians walk in that level of authority? Because we're always thinking that we're getting beat up, that we're broke, that God doesn't pay attention, that, you know, only bad crap happens to me. And so I try to shore up their cranium and get it into their psyche that you are ridiculously wealthy in, in Christ. Uh, the second second thing they're going to walk away with is walk counterculture to this vapid society. So I, I line out the wealth of the believer and then how we walk completely different uh, to this planet. And uh, third, I, I wrap it up with warfare. So you got the wealth, the walk, and the warfare of the believer that's drummed into these 202 pages over a 50-day time period. And uh, I do it Doug style. So it's mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't dance around with soliloquies and aphorisms. We just pull out the sledgehammer and start smashing uh, the believer's silly putty and then reshape it into that veritable uh, spiritual warrior that God's called us to be. Now, it's interesting because the uh, tagline under the title is that women will love. 
And so when you think about this, men reading this wild man devotional for 50 days, what is it that you think women will love about it also? Yeah, so I don't know any uh, woman, uh, Alan, that's worth her salt, biblically speaking. Proverbs uh, 31 kind of woman. Yeah, yeah. Or like Yael, who, you know, hammered Sisera's head to the ground while he was taking a little nap after she plied him with some milk in the blankie. Uh, or like uh, Deborah the prophetess, who, mm-hmm. who uh, because Barak, which is an appropriate name for a coward, because he wouldn't take on uh, uh, Sisera and his 900 uh, chariots. God said, I'm going to give that authority, that mantle, that privilege to wipe out this enemy to Deborah. So anyway, um, I don't know any woman that's worth her salt that wants to be married to some, you know, hipster tinker pot nowadays, especially with the (laughs) zombie apocalypse coming fast towards us. So I think, number one, that they'll dig it and that um, I do it in no uncertain way at all. really go after the boys in this uh, to be providers, protectors, hunters, and heroes, veritable wild men under God's governance. And um, what's weird about all my stuff, because I write a lot of stuff for dudes, and I do a lot of men's meetings and men's conferences and stuff, it's half and half women. The, 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 the ladies out there, it's like, I'm tired of this bull crap also. I'm, I don't want any Melba toast. I want something with grit. I want something that's real, that's raw, that's relevant, and um, I'm getting I'm getting emails and feedback from from the ladies, just like I thought I would. That uh, they dig the book. Also, this one this one lady said, "I'm more of a man than 90% of the men that I hang around," and mm-hmm. she's a big conservative influencer, Alec. You know, that's amazing because we've heard this term come into being within the last three, four years called toxic masculinity. Uh, Trying to make it seem that if you're a strong, confident man that, as you say, understands your biblical roles, duties and responsibilities, not going out there to try to be a bully or whatever, but realizing that God made me a man and these are some of the responsibilities I have to provide and to protect and to defend my home, my hearth and, and my family. Now, all of a sudden, we've, you know, disparaged that. And now we have a culture that is going out there and telling little boys, you don't have to be a little boy. You know, you could be, you know, you don't have to be Alan. You can be Aline. So how does this book, you know, not just for the men, but like you say, for the women, help us to, again, fight back and push back against this cultural intrusion into the roles and responsibilities that, you know, God kind of set forth for us? Yeah, so uh, uh, glamming off what you just said about uh how the culture is is going for the kids, in particular the little boys, because they hate uh, that testicular fortitude that God and nature hardwired uh, uh, men with and, and little boys with. I mean, they hate it, and they'll try to drug it out of them. They'll try to uh, shame it out of them. They'll try to cajole it out of them. And so, practically, in the book, uh, the Wild Man Devotional, I tell I tell parents like, listen, if you love your kid, okay. Don't send him to these public schools. Don't don't let him get on social media, you know, at an early age. And don't let him go to a sassy, uh, effete, effeminized evangelical church because they'll turn him into a dandy. All three of those things are going to try to eradicate the, the testosterone. Again, that testicular fortitude, that magic dust that God put in uh, into uh, the little Y chromosomes 
He loves it. He wants us to operate uh, like dudes, again, under his governance, mm-hmm. provider, protectors, hunters, and heroes. And the reason why the left hates masculinity so much, Alan, is scratching a bald spot in the back of my head the other day. It's like, why do they, why are they so against uh, masculinity and men who would be men? I figured it out, man. I figured it out. They can't get their agenda through culture, politically, or ecclesiastically if there are dudes in those three enclaves that are unbeholden, unbowed, and unmanipulated to the BS that they're trying to sell us. Ergo, that they've got to eradicate masculinity. They got to either pitch it as evil or they got to drum it out of us. And I saw I saw the other day, man, that since 1973, sperm count has been has gone down 50 percent worldwide wow. dudes. So I don't know if it's food. I don't know what it is. I don't know lifestyle, obesity and all that other stuff. But again, I think I think uh, I think they're gunning for the dudes because, ooh, Alan, we represent such a roadblock to their agenda. No, you're absolutely right. And, you know, when I think about, you know, that now as as a guy, uh, you don't even have to go to the grocery store. You can sit there in the house and you can order up food and it's brought to you. When once upon a time you had to get out there with your, your musket rifle, a knife and a tomahawk, and you had to fend your way if you wanted to eat. And so, it, you know, Sunday, yeah, Sunday evening, I'm not a big Yellowstone fan, but my wife is. And so I was sitting down and watching Yellowstone with her. And Kevin Costner's uh, character said something that really – I mean, in that hour-long whatever stuck with me, he said that, you know, now it looks like we are headed toward the survival of the unfittest instead of the survival of the fittest. And I think it comes back to, like you say, with the culture where we're trying to reward those that are meek, mild, and weak instead of propping up those that are strong. And, and I go back, and I'll give you the last word after this. I go back and remember how they celebrated Bo Bergdahl in the United States uh, Army and during the, uh, the Obama administration. He was a deserter. But yet, Obama did not come down here for the funeral of Chris Kyle. So I'll give you the last word about your great book. Hold it up so everyone can see it. I recommend that people pick this up because we do need more biblical wild men out there. And I do believe that women will love it. Last word, Doug. Well, Alan, thanks for having me on, and uh, I like hanging out with you because uh, <laughs> uh, you sharpen my mind. You give me courage when I hear you speak, and um, I think all the guys, this is, this is, I think, the title fight for the United States and the church is a big-time part of that. You know, Andrew Breitbart, Alan famously said, you know, mm-hmm. uh, politics is downstream, downstream of the culture. And I said, well, uh, Andrew, culture and politics is downstream of the church. And if the church has a bunch of tinker pots behind pulpits, then both the church, uh, the family, the state and culture is screwed, glued and tattooed. I think it's a pulpit problem. And I can't wait to see God pull all these weird critters that have this John Wayne, Clint Eastwood, Steve McQueen uh, type vibe and get them behind pulpits. And we could get rid of, again, the little dandy hipster Skinny jeans, big screen, smoke, uh, smoke machine, tinker pods. That's my wish. That's my prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Doug, thank you so very much. Please give 
your entire family, my best wishes for a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And we'll see you again on the backside in 2023. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Giles, the Wild Man devotional, 50-day devotional for men that women will love. Go out and pick it up and be the man that God would have you to be and also the man that women would need you and want you to be as well as your children. Thanks so much, Doug. Thank you. Stay rowdy. Cool. Hey, I just want to say thanks so much for Doug Giles for being here with us on the Steadfast and Loyal podcast to discuss his new book, The Wild Man Devotional, a 50-day devotional for men that women will love. It's so important that we get strong men that understand their God-given roles and duties and responsibilities of being that protector, being that provider, being that hero to their wives and to their children, being that role model in the home. And I can tell you, when I look at what has happened in the black community, we decimated the traditional nuclear family. We don't have those strong men in the home, and therefore, look at what you see happening. So we have to restore that biblical wild man, not the mild man. God bless you all. If you like this podcast, please hit the like button and share it with others. Steadfast and Lord. Before they burn it down